Hello there. Good morning. So there's two of us today. Yeah. We were uh, talking about... You're going to put this down. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about just this journey of belonging, Pathways Belong, and just how we could conclude uh, just our, our time together. And, uh, you know, Megan said we're halfway through. We're actually landing. So, uh, and talking about, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, the why of, you know, outreach or invitation or the why of service and the, you know, and the why of worship and, and why do we do these things and how by uh, investing our time and energy and mind time in these kind of things, how, how do these things allow us to belong, belong to the family of God, belong to Jesus Christ and we were talking about this, the, the idea of discipleship, which we're talking about today, and just, you know, how, how do we present this extremely important subject, something that, that really uh, we are called to be, we are called to be disciples of Christ. Uh, it's one of Jesus' final commandments is uh, our commissioning of us, the church, before he ascended into heaven. The, you know, he said, hey, go and, and make disciples of me. And we were thinking, how can we just really cast the vision about discipleship here at E3? How do we, how do we uh, paint a vision where where people can see them uh, in in that process of discipleship. So Dan and I are going to just be having a conversation today. I'm going to be asking Dan some questions, and and we're going to be having some conversation just to, just about what discipleship means, and especially in in our church. So uh, Dan. You know, we talk a lot about discipleship at E3 and, and in, in the faith context of, of Christianity. But what, what does that word actually mean? Uh, I guess when I, when I sum it up and talk about discipleship, I pretty much just use two words, you know, following God. That's one of the, that's one of the key pieces of Scripture, you know, talking about who Jesus is and, and who he was as a man. And, and what he came to show us how to do is he showed, came to show us how to follow God. You know, he didn't come to, to save us from world hunger, but he fed the hungry. You know, he didn't come to, to save us from, from physical death or illness, but he raised the dead and, and healed the sick. And in the midst of all of this, he was just doing what God told him to do. If, if you read the Gospel of John, it's almost like Jesus had this complex you know, he's like, over and over again, he just says, I, I only do what God tells me to do. I only do what the Father tells me to do. That, that's all I do. And he was just so secure in following God and knowing that in every situation that he walked into, like, I'm doing God's will. I'm not, I'm not here to do my will. I'm going to follow after God. I really think that's what discipleship is. Okay. So with... Um this idea of discipleship and us being in the process of discipleship, what really is the biblical basis of, of discipleship? Uh, why, why should all of us want to participate in this, in this kind of this disciples, discipling process, and why should we be intentional about it? 
I think discipleship is something that we, when we, we talk about it, it becomes like one of those Christian terms, you know, that we, that we like, oh, I'm, I'm a disciple. I'm learning to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. You know, we talk about it like it's some, you know, really super spiritually mature thing. And the reality is discipleship is, is incredibly natural. It's incredibly organic. It just, it, whether you realize it or not, you're being discipled in something. You're learning to, to create a worldview. People have informed you about what is right or wrong. You've read things. You've taken knowledge. You, you, you've evaluated it, and you, and you have bought into an ideology. And discipleship is just saying, what's God's reality? What's God's perspective on the world? And that's, I want to align my mind and my heart with him. And I think it really just the first step of discipleship is coming to the reality that I don't know everything. <laughs> coming to the reality of like the way that I process the world is failed. I don't have the full context. I have to, I have to really repent and kind of like be, be humble in that sense of saying, I don't have it all together. And some of us, we talk about that in terms of like a void. You know, I was just like, I recognize there's a void um, there, there are things that I don't know. Others of us, we, we actually come to the, to the revelation that there is God, that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him and he talks back and, and that he wants a relationship. And then when we, when we start that journey of discipleship, it's one of those things that goes so far beyond just my, my personal understanding of the world. It, gets, it forces me to get outside of myself because discipleship isn't just about I, it's about we in God's design. So Jesus set that up by obviously like coming in and setting the example of having followers. You know, they didn't, have to, they didn't have to profess that he was the son of God when they became disciples. He just said, come follow me. Just come walk with me, come do life with me. They didn't know what was going on. They, they saw a man that they were attracted to, that they loved, what he was doing in the world, and it was different, and it was powerful. And so they followed after him. And then they grew to a deeper understanding to be able to give all of themselves, even their very lives, for relationship with Christ. And I think you said something really profound in the, in the idea of we're being discipled all the time in different areas in our, in our lives. And because we as Christians talk about discipleship, we a lot of times take what's very natural and happens in every different circumstance and we kind of put it into a different category. And like, I think about uh, Paul when he says, uh, hey, if, if you've uh, seen me doing anything, if you've seen me saying any of these things, you know, put these things into, pros- into practice. And that idea that discipleship is is happening all the time. I think about my my kids and uh, just without me knowing it, you know, I've been discipling them in lots of different ways. And, and, and one just kind of example in a, kind of the non-spiritual realm is, uh, you know, every morning as, as long as they've been alive, they've seen their papa get up, make coffee and 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 drink it. And I remember the the first time, and I, I do French press, and um, and the first time, like my kids got up before me, and uh, they decided they were going to make coffee for me, and because they equated that that you know what 
Papa is a lot nicer person when he has coffee in him. You know, smart and, kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're like, hey, we, you know, we can, we can just, you know, have the coffee ready for him, and 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 you know, just make everybody's day a lot better. You know, I mean, I'm like the walking embodiment of uh, instant human. Just add coffee, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so. You know, I come down, you know, I smell the coffee and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this is, this is awesome. And, you know, I, I, they hand me the cup of coffee, you know, they're beaming faces, you know, I take a sip and it's kind of like your cookies that I was hearing about. I just like, uh, and uh, I like smile, I got like grounds in my teeth and, and, and all this kind of stuff and just, you know, realizing that they, you know, they saw some things, I mean, they, they took a shot at it, but you know, now they make amazing coffee, but why? Because, you know, I came alongside them and said, you know, maybe a filter is a good thing to have, and, you know, uh, you know, and these, and these kind of different things. And, and, and really, you know, we see that in, you know, Jesus doing life with the 12 disciples. And, and a lot of times I think the church uh, tries to institutionalize the process of discipleship where, uh, and those are good, and I'm not against that, you know, and that helps people. But also, you know, some of the most impactful times of, of my life, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but uh, has happened not, not in a Sunday morning or not in a Sunday school class, but, you know, one-on-one. So when, uh, you know, one thing that, that, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversation about, and maybe you guys have heard me said what say one thing that I have a holy discontentment with and 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 hate to hear is somebody coming up to me and saying, you know, Mark, I'm gonna go to another church because I just can't grow here anymore. Like I, I there's no growth opportunity. I can't be discipled. And and honestly that's like, you know, pouring acid in my ears. Hmm. Uh, because I feel like I'm a failure. I mean, Jesus said, go and make disciples and teach them these commands and baptize them and bring them into community. So, uh, you know, I feel that we is, as the body of Christ, not me, but we, one of the most important things that, that we are doing as, as a body of Christ is being involved in the, in the discipleship process and and. Like one thing that I would like to be true of our church is that somebody can come to our church no matter where they are spiritually. They could be an atheist or their name could be Billy Graham and they would have a place to grow. Hmm. That they would, never, they would be able to come and, and, and never leave just because, you know what, I've, I've come to the end of what you know, this faith community can, can, can stretch me and challenge me and, and help me grow more into the likeness of Christ. So how, you know, we say here our purpose at E3 is to make mature and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ and what you just said, you know, I mean, that really followers are fully devoted disciples of Christ. Um, so how do we 
as the as the church and not Dan and Mark, but we as uh, who make up the body of Christ here at E3, how do we help people realize this kind of goal of being disciples? Hmm. That's good. I think you pointed out something really good of like, I think one of the first hurdles is getting over the preconceived notion that there's something different about us and, and everyone else. There's something different about people that have like the title pastor or, or who get paid to be in ministry or those kinds of things. The reality is there's no, there's no difference. We're disciples. We're all clergy. God calls all of us saints. You know, we can't allow these notions that, that other people are, are more spiritual or that they have the answers or those kinds of things. We have to be on this journey together. And, and mature spirituality will, will never show itself in pride, <laughs> will never show itself in, in putting yourself above someone else. Because the one who is above all, Jesus Christ, made himself the servant of all. Uh, he's our example. And so we have to get kind of beyond the, one of the ways that we look at discipleship is kind of like positional or relational. You know? And it's like, here, let me, let me go and listen to this person teach me something. But if you don't have any relationship, guess what? Something that you, know, you can hear in a teaching, you can just go, ah, whatever. I don't have to talk to them about that. They, can't, they don't have to... They don't have to, to deal with me in that area or that issue. And so we just, it's a, it's a way that we escape discipleship and escape growing um, is by just leaving spirituality in some positional realm. But Jesus said, I, I came to be like you. And discipleship is really all about what he did. I mean, the, the creator of the universe steps off the throne of heaven, puts on flesh, humbles himself as a man, goes through a birth canal for God's sake. For Literally. our sake. Yeah. Becomes like us so that we can become like him. You know, and, and in, in this place you just go, wow, discipleship, there's so much grace in this journey. There's so much grace built into this. This isn't about like some echelon of spirituality. You know, oh, I, I got to the next level. I checked in at E3 and, and I, got my, I got my mayor badge. You know, like I... I got to the next level of discipleship, you know, because I read the whole Bible. No, that, that's, that's, not really what it's, that's not really what it's about. So, well, number one, nobody uses Foursquare anymore. Yeah, there you go. And uh, number A few two, people that do. was the mayor uh, <laughs> reference there. And number two, uh, uh, I'd like to get, like, just really crystal clear, practical like, we believe that we're all part of this discipleship process. We are all being discipled, but we're all discipling. And we all have a stake in that happening. So what I'd like to do uh, for the next few minutes is just kind of dig down in really practical terms. So when every, when every single person leaves today, that, that they... They don't only believe that they are part of the discipleship uh, process at, at E3, helping people belong to community and belong to God and, and grow spiritually, but they kind of understand where, where they are, no matter where they are in, in their spiritual journey. So let's start just really naturally. Uh, let's say that there's somebody here today who's uh, 
you know, never gone to church or has been unattached to any local church for a lot of years. Or maybe they're just, you know, they're not even sure if they believe, you know, that there's a God and, and definitely if Jesus, you know, is, is God. Uh, what, what would be kind of, how would they enter into this discipleship track, this teaching track to, to, uh, to grow spiritually today? I think as a basis, you know, if we, if we just go and say, all right, we're starting at, at this point of saying everyone is a disciple. If, you're, if you showed up today, then, then what, we're, what we all acknowledge in this room is like there's a void. We don't have all that together. And starting at, at that point, then, then we have to say, which, which is so easy for us to say, which is one of the things that we're, we're just huge champions of in the world, which it has to be about loving each other. We have to get to that place of unconditional love. And Jesus, you know, he, he, he's the, this was his first creative thought. You know, like, that, that isn't a human thought. That's a, that's a divine thought. You know, that, that life is about love. And he says of his disciples, like, if you want, if you want to acknowledge that God is the answer to your question, then, then this is what he says. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. This is in John chapter 13. And then in chapter 14, he says, I tell the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. And so for that for that person who, who showed up who's like, you know, I'm not a follower of Christ, but, uh, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm a seeker, you know, then, then, then a step of discipleship is, well, you just made it. You showed up at a worship gathering. Another step you can take is grab one of the, the welcome bags, you know. And, and if, you, if, if you are someone in this room who is a follower of Christ and you met somebody new, then guess what? Your step of discipleship is to take that person and say, will you let me give you a welcome bag? Will you let me give you my phone number or my email address so that you don't get lost in the system? So we can go have coffee or we can have a conversation about what you experienced today. These are just the very tangible ways of discipleship. And I mean, and maybe, you know, another step like, uh, you know, you're talking about the two people, you know, interacting and a first person here, you know, and, but, you know, getting the green bag and, and somebody giving them that, that green bag. But, you know, every single one of us should know what's in that green bag, right? And to be able to go through and say, hey, you know, you know, we, we announce it and everything, but, but, you know, taking a few minutes and saying, you know what, this is a part of of somebody belonging, you know, their first step into the discipleship process. And you know what? I'm going to be a disciple or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, walk with that person and, and, you know, and, and give them this bag and say, hey, you know what? You know, we have a purpose mug or purpose mug, a uh, book. We have a purpose book in there. It tells about our church and, and, you know, there's, there's a mug in there, you know, and, and, you know, knowing the different things that, that, that are in there and being able to talk with, you know, speak with somebody about that. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, Christians, if somebody doesn't fall to the foot of the cross in every single conversation, hmm. 
and uh, give you know, their lives to the Lord that we feel like, oh, it wasn't important. But, but you know, the reality is that you know, Paul talks about you know, some of us plant, some of us water, you know, you know, not all of us are harvesters. And, and the reality that somebody taking the time who's never been to a church before or, or hasn't been for a long time, you know, takes the time to, to get ready, maybe get their kids ready, to come here and, and find a parking spot and to come into our community. To me, that's a, that's a proclamation that, that they want community, that they want something larger in, our, in their life. And, and that's the beginning. And each and every one of us have a huge role in that beginning of, of the discipleship process, you might be saying, well, Mark, how's, you know, walking somebody to the Pathways booth, you know, discipleship? It is. It just, we need to rethink how this, this happens. Uh, you know, another uh, one thing that we've done for many years is thinking, you know, you know, the next step for somebody, you know, after just showing up here is to, is to go to a growth group and everything. And we've got a lot of feedback. Like, that's terrifying for people. It's <laughs> like, you know what? I just came to this, this place. Now you want me to go to some weirdo's home and talk about my feelings, right? And, and uh, I know you're not a weirdo, but, you know, and Dan would never have a weirdo. But they don't know. Like, that's crazy. Nobody does that, you know. And, and the, you know, if somebody just invited me to their home, like, I just, you know, if I went to Walmart and somebody says, it's your first time? Yeah, hell, come to my home. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, lower prices and, I'd be, and, and your feelings about it. I'd be like, really? So, so we're learning here, too. So tell us about, how, you know, something that we're, we're you know, going to be starting actually in a couple of weeks the, to, to help shrink the change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that, the whole journey of, of connecting and belonging, we have, to, we have to shrink that change. We have to make those steps something that, that is natural and is organic, you know. So we decided that we would, we would do this thing called First Class, and it's going to be on the first Sunday of the month, and basically, it's an opportunity, you know, if, if you haven't been around E3 for very long, you're still trying to figure out if this is your home church. Maybe you've never been to a stage class or you've never been to a growth group. What we want to do is just invite you into, into a space. Um, it'll happen after each gathering on the first Sunday of the month. 20 or 30 minutes of just hearing kind of what God is doing at E3, some of the DNA uh, of, our, of our community, what we believe. Connect with some of the leaders and just get a little bit of an introduction into, into why we exist and, and what God is doing in our, in our community. So it's a great opportunity. You know, it's going to happen the first Sunday of every month after every gathering. It's a great opportunity for, you know, when you meet somebody new, to invite them on that journey. To say, hey, come with me to the first class. That's your step of discipleship. If you say, this is, this is my home church, then, then it's your job to make mature and mobilize. It's your job to help people get plugged in. Right, and I, I think that that's huge. You know, you know, we have a new person that's like, oh, go over here. Instead of saying go over there, go, hey, and this is discipleship. You know, walk with, I'll walk with you to the, this first step, you mm -hmm. know. And you know what? Some of you will go to first class, you know, 
a hundred times, and that's that's great, and that should be celebrated. Uh, it's showing that you're you're part of of just kind of you know your investment in the discipleship process. So, okay, so let's say now let's follow this person. They've um, they've been to E3 several times. They've gone to first class. They you know they only drink out of their E3 mug. Uh, that uh, so what? What's the next step uh, in discipleship for them as far as just us as, as the church? Sure. Well, after they've memorized the purpose book. Absolutely. And, Very important. And, and know the, the, all of the, the spots on the, on the wheel of the discipleship track, you know, then uh, no. I believe that, that God wants to guide us along every step of the journey. You know, one of the things about discipleship is it isn't a pattern, it's a path. And we're so willing as, as humans to just kind of sign our life over to formulas. And God just says, no, I'm, I'm the way. Like, I want you to walk with me. It's a path. We're going to go on an adventure, on a journey together. And, and he gives us his spirit without measure, and he wants to unfold the next steps for us. That's crazy talk. You mean God talks back? Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense in, in our context. You mean I, it's not just about reading the Bible and knowing about God? No, it, it, it's about a relationship with Him. It's about listening, about letting Him woo us with His love and respond in, in provocative worship and to, and to say, just like Jesus, our example, said, your will be done, not mine. And so as you kind of look at in the, in the purpose book and, and look at that discipleship track, you see a lot of different options and, and they're just starting points. None of them should be um, places that we just keep pushing back. They should always be something that we're willing to engage in asking God about, whether it's you know, being emotionally healthy. If, you walk, if we walk into this place and we're like, yes, love God and love people, and then we go out into our workplace and we harbor you know, bitterness uh, uh, against a fellow employee because they keep leaving their dirty coffee cup on the sink you know, and we have to wash it, then, then we know that God wants to do some work in our hearts. They should throw that dirty mug away and put an E3 one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. You know, we have, to, we, have to, we have to be faithful with showing up on, on, on Sundays or, or for growth groups or those kinds of things, you know, because God tells us that that's one of the ways that our faith grows. It's not the only way our faith grows. It's one way that our faith grows. We have to read the Bible, but you can read all the way through the Bible and, and get nothing out of it. It's a spiritual work. Its words are powerful and it wants to cut and divide between the things that we think and the things that we feel and show us God's way, God's reality in the midst of all of that. And if we just sit down and read it uh, like one of Aesop's fables and try to derive the moral of the story, guess what? We're missing the point. And we really have to let God speak to us and learn to create those spaces of quiet so that we can move forward in our relationship with Him. What does that look like? Maybe you have to need to talk to somebody that knows exactly what that looks like and exactly what that feels like, and they have experienced the living God. But if you've never had that conversation, then, then you don't know that that exists. So, you know, we, you know, most people know, you know, we do have small group, uh, you know, growth group Bible studies that happen throughout the week in different homes. Uh, we also have our stage classes that you know, we encourage people to take, and, and take again, too. It's not just a, a one-time 
shot. You know, it's great to get the reminders and, you know, just about different things. Also, we spent some time thinking about, you know, different uh, uh, expressions of, of faith because it's, it's one thing to learn, but it's quite a different one to do. And, and we all learn by, by doing. And, and when we take these kind of these concepts of what we hear on Sunday or we hear in the growth groups or, or in the stage classes and putting those into practice and, you know, these different ideas, uh, what we're calling expressions of, of uh, you know, singing or, or praying or, or, or serving uh, in the red eye or serving somewhere and serving some capacity. And I think it's in these, these expressions that we start to see somebody moving from just receiving to uh, saying, you know what, a big part of my discipleship is giving back and serving. Um, so let's transition into that. So with somebody who's, who's, you know, honestly, they, they've, they've been here a while, uh, that, you know, their faith is solid. Uh, how does somebody grow spiritually, uh, beyond just knowledge? I, I've met a lot of people who think that they're spiritually mature, um, and, and they know a lot about the nature of God, and they, they have a lot of information. And that seems to be the, the way that they kind of judge how mature they are, how much they know about God. But then, and, and I've, been, I've been a victim of this, and I have victimized other people with this, sharing truth without, without love. When we share truth without love, it's just obnoxious, <laughs> and, and it's just repulsive. You know, and clanging symbol, clanging symbol, yeah, and, and I and I've done that to people, you know, and, and I I've met people who think that they're spiritually mature, that that they kind of they do that thing where they where they look down or hey come over here let me let me teach you something, you know, and I've experienced other things uh, with people that, that in this false sense of maturity also where especially in the first few years of my faith, you know they would they would say. You know, I would be so excited about what was going on in my life and what God was doing. And I'd read a scripture and it was, and it was new and it was fresh. And, you know, and they'd say things like, oh, you'll, you'll get over that. You know, you're so naive, you know. Don't worry, that, that feeling will fade. And I'd just be like, what is wrong with you? That, that someone mature in Christ would, would, would be losing joy. But then that's what I began to experience because the people that were discipling me didn't have joy. So it's a, it's a real big question of discipleship. When, when we put ourselves in, in the hands of someone else, when we're following someone, we, we better expect to become like them. So we need to follow Jesus. We need to find people who are great fathers and great mothers, find people who are, are great lovers of God, great lovers of people, and be able to say, how are you doing that? Let me see what's going on. And also, where are you in epic failure? Where do you bake the worst cookie in the world? <laughs> because I want to learn from that too, you know? Where did you get the idea that a paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free cookie was going to be any good at all? Because that sounds horrible. 
But I'll tell you, those cookies had a lot of love, okay? A lot of, of hand-shaped love, all right? Epic failure, but I still won a prize. So that'll teach you something. Go all out, you know? You Fail well. Nice. That's right. People like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and this is, again, just talking about uh, just drawing upon my experience of some of the most impactful times of, of growth uh, in, my, in my own spiritual journey. And, uh, you know, to be real honest, you know, some of those biggest jumps didn't happen on a Sunday morning, and they didn't even happen in a, in a growth group. It happened in uh, somebody taking the time to to get in my life. And uh, a lot of the ways that I view discipleship and growth conversations now really where it happens is really one-on-one. And, and uh, I used to, to meet with a guy uh, who had the relational right to speak into my life and, and he was interested and he was there. And one thing that he liked to do was he like, okay, Mark, you know, you have this attitude or you're, you're conducting yourself in this behavior or you're participating in this behavior and you say you're a follower of Christ, right? You're a disciple of Christ. I'm like, yeah, I'm a disciple of Christ. And he would open up his Bible and say, well, this is what Christ said or this is what Christ did. And, and, and Mark, there seems to be a gap here. Could you explain to me, like, why your life looks different than Jesus's? I say, well, you see, no. You know, I have deer in headlights. And, and honestly, uh, on a Sunday morning, which is absolutely important, and there's something, you know, uh, but, uh, but he, could, he could give that, he could give a sermon about that, and I could just, Eh, you know, doesn't apply. He's not, you know, he, I didn't like his delivery or, or something like that. It's quite a different thing when somebody takes the time to have a cup of coffee with you and a look across the table and love and saying, you know what, you know, I'm going to love you either, either way, but there's a gap here. Can you please help me understand why there's a difference? Mm. And yeah, uh, I think like ultimately in the discipleship, process, we've got to get our hands dirty, right? Yeah. And we as, uh, uh, who are more mature need to look for those kind of relationships to, to be involved in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, that re- that's really the essence, uh, I think, of spiritual maturity. Galatians 6 tells us, you know, you who are spiritual restore someone who's living outside of God's design with a spirit of gentleness. Yeah. And, and that's just that humility you know, the, the, the Jim and Amy Gwartneys of our community, the Beck and, Becky and Neff Cernas of our community who, who are able to, to speak those words uh, of guidance and power and truth, not, not with condemnation, um, but with genuine love uh, are really where we take those leaps and, and grow. Yeah, and I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the Cernas and the, and the Gwartneys and, you know, like, what am I going to tell them about the Bible, right? I, uh, and I remember when uh, I, f- I 
I first came to Tallahassee and I was trying to kind of cast the vision for or E3 and just talking about, you know, kind of people who've been marginalized, who don't feel like they have a place uh, in the church, you know, people uh, who traditionally you wouldn't think, you know, fit in the, in the church mode and uh, mold and all these kinds of things. And uh, Dr. Gortney um, said something to me, and it was like so profound, and like it stretched me because he was absolutely right. He looked at me and he said, Mark said, at my age, if I wanted to find a church for me, I'd find a comfortable pew somewhere where the music wasn't too loud and you know, the, the pastor could say something interesting every so often. He said, but you know what? It's my time to build a church for the next generation, for those who are coming behind me. And, you know, I've shared that story before, but, but that interaction, he probably doesn't even remember that interaction, but I mean, it, it's just like, it, it was like, wow you know what, this is what it looks like, yeah. you know, that, 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 you know what, those of us who, who, you know, have read scripture, we've internalized it, we've walked with the Lord that, you know what, our part of spiritual growth is, and, and, and growing is, is participating in those lives who are going to, to carry the cross forward. And, you know, I think about, I think about that and, and just the, the, the beauty of that. And, 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 you know, the reality is, church, that every single one of us have a role. If we call ourselves followers of Christ, that, that you know what? We have a role in this discipleship process, and our roles will change. But we will always, always be part of the discipleship process. And we need to get intentional about it, and we need to, you know, it takes time and it's not easy, but this is what we must do. This is what it means to belong to the body of Jesus Christ. Is that, that we receive, but we don't just receive, we're just not consumers. We receive to be strengthened so we can grow into the full expression of God's love and pour that overflow back into others' lives. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the one of the things about discipleship that always just strikes me so deeply and, and and stays fresh is that God wants to do this continual work by His Spirit and and through grace to be able to give us strength to overcome the obstacles of the world around us and to be able to do that in, in a way that it brings unity. We, it's not, discipleship isn't about I, it's, it's about we, it's about the body of Christ. And I know when I, when I stare myself in the mirror, 
and I try to look deeply into how I define myself and, and what's going on in my heart and in my mind, I always come back with self-loathing. Whenever I, whenever I look at myself, all I see are, are my failures. And one of the greatest messages that God's given us is, is this truth. He says, I, I want you. And when it doesn't matter if you're spiritually mature and you're at that place of being able to share your life with others and help other people cultivate love, or if you're at that place where you're like, I don't even know if God exists, we can all participate in discipleship. Maybe your job as a disciple is to, is to interrogate reality and, and to stir up honesty and authenticity. And maybe that's the gift that you're going to bring to the body of Christ. Maybe you, don't, you never read the Bible all the way through, but you, you have the, these core things that are going on inside of you. You want to help people explore what's going on in their hearts. And you're going to bring truth and power as we find out what God has to, how, how God wants to answer those questions. So wherever you're at on the journey, I just want you to know that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what has been done to you. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Discipleship is about getting our eyes off of ourselves and putting our eyes on Jesus and letting him define us. Looking at ourself in the light of who God is. It's about following after Christ. It's about following God and letting him inform what we think and what we feel so that we molded and shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. And on that, I'm going to pray.